Welcome and bienvenidos a todos to our football podcast about Mexican women's soccer. I am Eugene Rapinski, and with me, as always, is Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you this evening? I'm great, Eugene. Uh, just coming back from uh, walking the dog. <laughs> we were just talking about um, your dog and then my brother's <laughs> dog, because not technically mine, but yeah, he's um, he's over here. We're, we're just hosting him for a few days, and yeah, life changes in weird ways. <laughs> <laughs> dog sitting is is always fun. Um, you were saying that you were taking your yours out for a walk. I declined to do that today because it snowed here, so uh, uh, Ace was uh, kind of left to hang out on his own, so um <laughs> But that's uh, it's not really why why we are here. Um, maybe we'll start another podcast though to talk about our our trials and tribulations with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and get some, get some tips from people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like we had a couple of good weeks uh, of Liga Mekis Femenil. We are actually in the middle of a doble jornada. We are recording this on Monday night. The first game of the second week starts tomorrow. Um, but let's take a look back at the week that was. Um, there's a lot of interesting storylines going on in the league right now. Um, do you have one that you want to start with or something that sticks out in, in your mind? I, I think like both stories that we were talking about that kind of stuck out. Um, <laughs> probably not the best conversation topics for either of us, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we had Pumas face Tigres this weekend at Universitario. Um, we thought it was going to be a good start for, for Pumas, uh, getting an early goal against Tigres, which is nothing short of amazing, uh, uh, at this point, just because Tigres is just so dominating in every single way. Um, and then we had Denisha Blackwood come in with that goal at the 10th minute. And we were like, wow, this is, this is, this is happening. People are, are scoring against Tigres. Um, it seemed as though it was a pretty even fight at, until that point, And even a little bit after that. And then Tigres just remembered who they are and scored five goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing perf- uh, performance by Christina Catlana. It, oh, my God. She is a force to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, I was just amazed at how physical, like in, in a good way, um, she is. I mean, I was like, wow, this is someone that I actually thought could outscore Stephanie Mayor at some point in the season just because of how great her performance was uh, in that game. She got two goals. Uh, Stephanie Mayor also got two goals. Um, and Addison scored her first goal back with Tigres. But yeah, I was I was kind of hoping for your Pumas though, like the first <laughs> half. I thought it was like, wow, they're, 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 this is a good fight from from Pumas. And then just it was chaos after that. Yeah, Pumas looked good for the first little bit. But uh, once Mayor got her first goal right before the end of the half, I, I kind of knew the jig was up. Uh, I, I, I forget, even right after uh, Blackwood scored the goal, someone in our group chat uh, was like, oh, my God, Pumas is going to do it. And I was like, don't give me hope. Um, <laughs> you know, just was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, but yeah, like Tigres kind of. I, I don't know what happened in the first little bit against Pumas, but like you said, they kind of figured out uh, that who they were and uh, just kind of went to town and it, it got ugly. And quite honestly, it could have been a lot uglier. Um, you know, they, they did put five uh, up on Pumas. They had a couple more uh, crossbars and posts that were hit. Uh, poor Jackie Ovalle. She's uh, one goal shy of the Tigres record. <laughs> Uh, last week she hit the the post uh, and crossbar a couple times. She hit it again uh, in week two. Um, you know, so it could it could have been really out of hand, really ugly. Um, you know, I'm not sure really what to say. 
other than I mean Tigres is the only team in the league with six points uh, after two weeks, which is kind of weird. Uh, but it just is a testament of just how good they are. Um, and just the way that they're playing, I- I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's another team on the planet that can kind of hold a candle to them right now. I know it's, I mean, you would, you would think not because who must face Tigres, but just like the other teams facing each other, you would think that at least in week two, you would have like three to four teams just with six points, just like unbeaten or at least not letting any points go. Yeah. Um, and no, <laughs> that yeah. was quick. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think yeah. Tigres is just so solid from top to bottom. I mean, you mentioned Dembi Katlana who came off the bench. I mean, she's she's not even starting coming off the bench. They have Jenny Hermoso coming off the bench. Um, you know, Katlana mm-hmm. is just a ridiculously talented player. I mean, her touch is amazing. Her tactical ability and vision is amazing. Um, just her kind of sixth sense to be in the right place at the right time. Um, is just so she, she was underrated. five minutes in and, and got an assist right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, oh, I was, I was, I'm sorry, I was talking about Katlana there with, uh, you know, her her skill level, but Hermoso oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you know, for her to kind of come off the bench and uh, make that pass, um, to Katlana was just something special. And man, I, I feel bad for the other. Uh, the other teams in the league, because as that partnership grows, as those two get time to play together, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I think I said um, in, in my recent column that I think the best the thing Pumas could take away out of this is that they don't have to play Tigres again this year. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I feel bad for everybody else who who still has to, as they <laughs> kind of come together and coalesce. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've talked about it. Probably the only thing that could be Tigres is Tigres itself, right? I mean, we've talked about maybe the age, some of the players getting just a tad on the older side. But then you bring in Alison Gonzalez, who is 21, who just comes in to probably avoid that risk of having a really old squad. Um, I was just looking at at, at Demby's age. She's, she's 27. Um, Stephanie is 32, probably one of the older players on, on the squad. So, yeah, I mean, if you start thinking about bringing in these younger players um, to avoid just depending on on older players and having that being an issue, maybe more like more injuries coming along, stuff like that, um, you're, you're just going to avoid that problem because we talked about it, I think, last season as well. Just maybe the only thing that you could probably criticize from Tigres was that it was getting a bit old, mm-hmm. um, but they, they seem to be fixing that. So. Yeah. Um, so not even that's a problem anymore. <laughs> um, and then regarding Bumas, there was this thing I was remembering um, – Pumas on the men's side is slowly saying goodbye to that noon like schedule for for home games, which is kind of weird because it seemed as though that was never going to happen. So for people yeah. that don't know this or haven't seen the Pumas games, uh, Pumas on the men's side always plays Sundays at noon, and it is quite possibly the worst like time possible to play in Mexico City. It's so hot, like the stadium is just it's terrible. It's it's really something that. Um, they usually would say that, oh, that was like an advantage because the, the away team would never be like used to that kind of weather. And it's really, really intense and dry and you've got pollution as well, stuff like that. Um, but truth be told, it's something that kind of hurts the home team as well. Yeah. Um, it's just so difficult. So this season on the men's side, they only have like two more games at noon. They're, 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 like, they're like slowly saying goodbye to that like time slot. 
But on the women's side, I was just looking at it. They only have like a couple of games around like 7 p.m. And that's probably because they have to play on a Monday for some weird reason. But they're still going to play Saturdays at noon. So hopefully, I mean, they'll take a hint, um, which we always <laughs> expect them to do. And be like, well, dude, if this is happening on the men's side, and we finally realize that this is hurting our team more than it's actually being beneficial because they actually studied and they, we got statistics. And it turns out Pumas does way better, surprise, when they don't play like with like midday sun yeah. <laughs> on them. So if they actually took that into consideration for the women's side and had another time slot for them as well, um, that would be really great because, I mean, it is a struggle, even as a fan, to go to that stadium or even at the, at the club facilities, whenever they play at noon, it's killer. It's just terrible time to, to just see or play a game. So, yeah, yeah hopefully, um, yeah, again, they'll take a hint from the men's side and be like, dude, if we're doing this from the men's side, shouldn't we be taking like the same decision on the women's side and start changing it up a bit? <laughs> hopefully they so, will. Yeah. Hopefully they will. I know the, the noon start times has kind of been like an iconic thing. Um, you know, that was always something that I noticed about them. It's, you know, I, I knew what I was doing at Sundays on one o'clock Eastern time here in the U.S., like, you know, watching Pumas. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, so so, I mean, that that's iconic. But, yeah, there there is something that just hits different when you watch those night games. Right. Like seeing yeah. them under the lights at Seu, uh, because truth be told, it seems like there's always a lot more people there at night than there are mm -hmm. in the day. Um, just because like you were saying, it's so hot during the day and the sun is just beating down on you from above. Um, you know, yeah. you don't have that problem when you have, a, you know, a 7 p.m. start time or an 8 p.m. start time or whatever. Um, you know, so we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, like you said, the, the women will kind of follow suit. I don't know if there's any sort of advantage as far as like you know, viewership numbers, which, you know, affects like sponsorships and that kind of stuff for them starting at noon versus a, you know, a seven o'clock PM kickoff time or a 3 PM kickoff time or so, you know, whatever, um, yeah. which may factor into it a little bit more heavily for the women's side, uh, you know, like who knows, but, you know, just from a fan slash looking out for the players standpoint. Yeah. You know, they, if the men are doing it, that's probably something the women should probably look to adopt too. So yeah, we'll yeah, see. I, I hope it comes up like in one of the press conferences in the future, just because it'll be so obvious for the men, just because you were mentioning, we're just so used to having like Sunday midday games because if it's not Pumas, it's Toluca, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But mostly like, like, so Toluca had like another time slot that you, they, they occasionally had to play like around 5 PM ish or something, but it's always Pumas, always Pumas. Well, Toluca so, Stadium yeah. also looks like it's better designed to have day games too, because it's more, it's more vertical, right? Um, yeah. Puma yeah. Stadium, stadium wasn't, wasn't built for, for football. So no, it was actually, it was, yeah, it was like an athletic Olympics. stadium. Yep. It's like a multi-purpose Olympic stadium. The, the layout of the seats is more, um, horizontal than vertical mm -hmm. like it goes yep. back a lot further um there's a lot less of an angle toluca's like mm -hmm. pretty much straight up and down it resembles uh la bombonera um because it is right in the middle of downtown toluca so um yeah. you know there's all sorts of shade because you have the the deck upper deck like pretty much right on top of the other one that you don't you don't have that at say you know yeah so anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully we'll see that. I mean, it's, it's something that could come up. And I think just because it's happening for one of the teams, it's, it's a lot easier to think that it could happen for the other. So hopefully fingers crossed.
One of the other big uh, storylines uh, that's going on in the league right now is uh, Nakaxa. And for good reasons this time, usually we're talking about how bad they are. They, they got blown out um, or, you know, something awful has happened. Uh, they are in fourth place right now. They won their first game. They drew America. They came back uh, from down a goal to draw America uh, late nonetheless and are really looking like they belong up in the <laughs> upper echelon of, of teams, at least early on. Of course, yes, it's very early, small sample size, blah, blah, blah. But it's Nakaxa we're talking about. Yeah. We should probably screenshot that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, first of all, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I mean, when you when you see teams like America, like Rayas, Tigres, you probably expect the worst uh, for teams like Nicaxa, just because, sadly enough, we're used to seeing them like if we say like bottom five teams. I think we're mm-hmm. being pretty generous, <laughs> um, but it was just amazing to see them really put up a huge fight against America. I mean, America only scored until like the 60th minute. It was an amazing goal by Orly Casi. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, uh, Dani Fuentes um, scored her second goal of the season, just taking advantage of a terrible um, mistake from from defense on America. So, I mean, when, when you see the players talk at the end of the game, they they actually they look they look, I mean, they're 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 really excited to think that it could be the start of a different kind of Nikaxa that we're used mm-hmm. to, right? I mean, we we talked about the situation with the coach. Um, if people don't know what we're talking about, you could go back a, a, a couple of podcasts and just talk about, uh, just listen to the terrible situation that happened in Nagaxa um, regarding the previous coach. But it does seem as though everything that that, that shook up um, could actually be opening the opportunity to just having a different team, having players focus on playing and not on what was going on with all these cases of abuse with the coach. So hopefully, I mean, I, I could just hope for Nagaxa just because it would be so amazing to see them and, and finally have them compete. I and mean, it's not it's not as if we could expect them to make the Guilla from one season to the next. I think that would be um, just w- way too much. But just have them not be on that bottom five um, and start to compete and start making it difficult for other teams. Because if you did it for America, I mean, you could really do it for other teams. Maybe not Tigres, no, because we know Tigres. But maybe talk about Pachuca. Maybe talk about Juarez. Um, if you show that same performance... Hey, who knows? You could be, you know, top ten, top twelve, and that would be just a huge growth for for Renegaxa. Exactly. You know, I think if we had talked about Nakaxa improving at the beginning of the year, um, which we didn't, to be fair, because of all of the other stuff that was going on, um, but I think success and growth would have looked like them not finishing bottom four. Right. Them winning maybe what two games, um, walking away from the season with uh, points in in double digits. I think that would have been a successful season. Um, You know, again, not considering all the other stuff that was going on. I don't think anybody would have predicted them to start 1 1 0. Oh, no. And Look, even if the rest of this season completely falls apart, um, I mean, you know, their next game is against Riadas. That's not an easy, um, you know, it's not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be in Monterrey. Um, you know, yes, Riadas hasn't been the Riadas of old, I don't think, uh, so far this year. But that doesn't matter. 
Nakaxa is going to be going up against it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like this season has already gotten off to such a positive start. I feel like they're going to get some more good results down the road. And that'll be something that they can point to and, and build off of. Um, you know, you mentioned Danielle Fuentes that came in. Uh, she scored two goals in two games. And, um, you know, I'm struggling to think of the last time we've seen Nakaxa uh, have a goal scoring threat like that, um, you know, yeah. where they had a player score in back to back games. Like these are like things that you kind of take for granted for other teams, even even teams like Mazatlan. Um, and Santos and Atletico San Luis, who have historically struggled, Puebla, who's historically struggled, have, you know, you could always look back and go, okay, well, you know, at least there was a person who scored in back-to-back games or things like that. You know, you can't really say that for Nacoxa. Like, they have just been so bad throughout so much of their history. That yeah, this, I mean, I was, I'm sorry. Itself, yeah, uh, it's okay, I was just going to say that this in and of itself is like a market improvement. Yeah, I mean, talking about a team whose best season was Apertura 2021 with five victories. That's mm. it. I mean, out of 17 jornadas, your best season so far. They've only done it once, by the way. After that, um, they haven't won more than three times. Yeah. So just having one victory so far and getting a draw against America. Wow. I mean, yeah, if you could get those same five victories or maybe six or maybe just a bit more and just start to just grow, because that's what we're expecting from some of these teams. It's not as if we're expecting them to actually be champions or just make it to a Liguilla from one season to the next that we were mentioning, but just growing on whatever their record is, it would be such an, a huge improvement, not only for the for the club, but for the league as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's really exciting for them to see, to just have one victory uh, a couple of weeks in for, for this season getting a draw against America. Uh, like you were mentioning for Puma, the best thing is that they don't have to face Tigres anymore this season. Well, same thing for, for Nicaxa. You, you you got one of them out of the way, right? Which is America. It's really difficult because now they face Rayadas, which is like, it's sad that they have two difficult opponents like back to back. But um, but yeah, I mean, it it, it is kind of something that we, we, I think, never thought we'd see with Nicaxa, at least not this season, but it seems as though the possibility is there just to see them start growing. If they lose against Rayadas, it's not the end of the world, but just start growing against the other teams that were, you know, like halfway through the standings. And that those are the teams that you actually have to think that you have to grow on, you know, like, like yeah. Querétaro, like Puebla, um, maybe Cholos at some point, Leon, et cetera. Right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, even, you know, and I, I hate to talk about moral victories, but I, I think even if they wind up losing to Monterrey, like two to one or one to nothing or even two to nothing or something like that. It, yeah. it won't be as bad because we've seen them just get blown out time after time, six to nothing, seven to nothing, oh, yeah. eight to nothing. You know, we've seen those score lines put up against them. So, you know, when you talk about improvement, it doesn't mean necessarily winning every game or, uh, you know, drawing and winning every game or anything like that. It's, you know, do for a team like Nakaxa, do they get blown out? You know, mm-hmm. if they can, yeah, I mean, if they can go this season without, losing by like three uh you know more than three goals like that's a good season for them mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was just looking at their goal differential last year last year was their worst year like taking into consideration both tournaments um they had a differential of like minus 34 goals last season the apertura and mm-hmm. then january through may for the clausura it was minus 35 it yeah. was always bad it's always like minus 20 something um 
But then, yeah, I mean, last year was just the worst. And then after we hear about everything again that happened with the coach and everything that was going on internally, yeah, it also makes sense, right? Um, but hopefully after all these changes, um, hopefully we'll also start to see some of some results coming in after all the investment that we've seen at the club. I mean, we have some really high profile names coming in and, and um, supposedly making important investments for the club. It would be amazing to start seeing some of those results coming in for the Femenil as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think I did something, I haven't run the numbers lately, but um, over their history, I want to say Nakaxo was at a goal differential all time of like minus 300 or something like that. Like they, <laughs> they haven't yeah. been at even since like the fifth minute of their very first game. Uh, I mm. mean, it's just been, it's been a nightmare and, you know, you, you contrast that, that history um with the the results that they've gotten and you know i remember uh sarah lopez uh one of their longtime players um after the result against america was just like crying like just because of how proud she was of that that performance like that's not something you would ever have thought about nakaxa being able to pull off two seasons ago three seasons ago so you know this is definitely one of those feel-good stories that puts you know the league, I guess, in in a good light, or you know, it, it's positive and it's it's good to have these stories, especially again, you know, for a team like Nakaxa that has been through just so much bad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, any other anything else? Any other big storylines uh, that we wanted to talk about this uh, from these past two weeks uh, before we head into week three, which is starting uh, in here in a couple hours. Um, I mean, I was not amazed uh, after after seeing Pachuca get a draw against Rayadas because it was just it's a result that you could expect, I guess. I was just thinking about how like Charlene Corral came in and like 20 minutes in or something. She was already like 25 minutes. Uh, she already got like two goals scored. Um, I mean, just after Jennifer Hermoso leaving and kind of having that you know, all that pressure for to be like the star of Pachuca. And then Charlene coming in and saying, dude, I'm still here. I've got this um, scoring two <laughs> goals against Rayadas. Yeah, they got the draw later on. Uh, Rayadas came in in the second half and got a couple goals as well. But I, I was kind of happy to see that just Charlene being like, dude, yeah, we lost Jenny Hermoso on, during the offseason. I've got this. I've got you guys. Um, I, I thought that was just, I don't know, a great fit for Pachuca to still try to make it through Liguilla. Because if we know if there's one team that should have gotten a championship by now that really deserved it just because of how much effort and investment and just support they've, they've given their, their women's team. It is Pachuca. So hopefully they'll keep it up. Um, It, it, I mean, Rayada's also coming in with with a new project with Amelia Valverde. It will be interesting to see how they do uh, facing other, other big opponents in, in Femenil. But yeah, I thought it was it was great to see both teams um, Rayadas with this. I think you, I think we could say that this season for Rayadas could be kind of like a transition, I guess. Definitely. Um, I, I think they're going away from things that weren't, weren't good or bad. It was just like, I mean, we were we were used to have Espejo um, for, uh, during the first seasons of Liga Mex. We were used to the Cire, and now they're kind of like switching it up, right? So. Yeah. Um, just seeing those changes with Rayadas, but also Pachuca at the same time, still, you know, raising their hand, trying to be that that team that they want for Feminil. Uh, coming in with a new coach as well. We were we, we got lots of coaches. We mentioned that last last <laughs> pod. Um, coming in also with a new with a new coach for this season. So yeah, just just wanted to mention that. I, I was quite happy to see Charlene just raise her hand and be like, 
no worry, guys. I'm still here. Let's do this. Um, let's make it happen this season, and <laughs> we'll just see if um if Tigres somehow make, allows that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about Tigres letting anything happen for anybody other than themselves <laughs> this season. But no, I agree with you. I think um I I know that I got caught up in looking at all of the players who had left Pachuca and not remembering who was still there and uh, kind of going, well, that's kind of the end of an era for Pachuca. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, Monterrey, I think, is also kind of in a transition period. I think, to to be honest, Pachuca is in a bit of a transition period. I mean, when you lose as many players as they did, it is a transition. I mean, you can have a very successful transition period, which it looks like this is going to be for them and probably Riatas as well. But um, it's a transition period nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, I think I thought that was a good game. I thought uh, Pachuca probably should be kicking themselves for letting Monterrey get back in it and uh, come out with a draw. Um, that was not great if you're a Pachuca fan. But, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, two really good teams uh, who we'll probably see um, again uh, in the really, Liguilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if there's another storyline I wanted to touch on, uh, real briefly, it was the kind of not good start that Chivas has gotten off to, um, yeah. you know, they, uh, they, they wound up, they, they beat Cholos, uh, Femenil the first game, um, but went to Juarez this past week and got absolutely bossed by Las Brava Lácticas. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before starting the pod, I can't remember seeing a Chivas team that's always been known for kind of being physical. Um, yeah, like, for, like setting around. the tone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean like a physical way as like like heavy fouls and that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. just, you know, out muscling their opponents for, for, for 50-50 balls and stuff like that. And I saw them get pushed around on that field by Juarez. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, I was surprised, yeah, yeah, because of Chivas, but not because of Juarez, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. they've managed to keep that project going despite losing Mila, which everyone thought was like, oh, no, it, it, this is it. We're, we're, they're done. Um, it's They're going to have to start over. And amazingly enough, they, they've held their own. I mean, they, they've helped, like, the project uh, despite losing key players. And, and they have some great players as well. I mean, they're, 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 they're a really quite experienced team. If you look at some of the players, I mean, you've got Machadelia. Oh, yeah. Um, you've got Macharelli, you've got Mejia on defense. Janelli came in for this season. Uh, you have Maria Sanchez, not not Houston. Maria Sanchez, Maria, <laughs> Maria Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, the other Maria Sanchez, who's good in um, her own right. Let's be honest; she's a good player yeah. in her own right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, Juarez has managed to just keep that project going, which is, I mean, something that we hope other teams would, would look into because, yeah, what happens with these. Uh, with these smaller teams, if 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 I may, um, is that whatever they do have a, a key player, they'll lose it. They'll lose that player immediately to some of the bigger teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite that, um, Juarez has really kept the project going, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, we just would have expected a bit more resistance from from Chivas, which is, I guess, worrisome because it is Chivas. Um, they only got a goal against Cholos, uh, couldn't score against against Juarez, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, Juarez, I mean, kudos to Juarez. They, they, they're, they're keeping that momentum going and it seems as though they could just keep being like building up throughout the season and make it difficult for other teams, especially the home team, because visiting Juarez mm-hmm. is difficult. It's it's one of those teams that really takes advantage of their home games. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if there is a silver lining for Chivas and the way that they've started off the season, it's that the results that they've had have come against two very good teams, two teams that we were talking mm-hmm. about being in the yeah. Liguilla in Tijuana and Juarez, right? It's not like, um, you know, that they that they drew or lost against like Santos or something like that or Mazatlan, right? Like these are two very well put together teams um, that really just seem to kind of keep going. So there is that for Chivas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the Juarez game may have exposed something for other teams to possibly try and use against them. Um, we'll see how effective that is when other teams try and do it. Um, but uh, I was just kind of surprised to see how they started off. I mean, right now they're sitting in 11th place. Yes, two games in, uh, there's still a lot of season left to play, but I don't remember Chivas being that far down the table um, you know, at any point in a season. So, um, you know, that's kind of a little bit of cause for concern. They do have some easier games uh, coming up, at least on paper. Um, they're they're hosting San Luis and Toluca back to back. Not that I think Toluca is going to be an easy out. Uh, then they have to go to Puebla, who has been doing really good. And then Queretaro, who's also been doing really good, um, you know, before games against Santos, Leon, and Necaxa and Mazatlan. So, you know, they're coming to a stretch where they're going to have some winnable games where we'll probably see them move back up the table. Um, you know, so all is not lost for them by any stretch of the imagination. But like we said, it was just a little bit of a uh, little bit of a thing to, uh, to yeah. going into this. So but that was uh, it was a good talk about the the week that was. And we're going to get into week three right after this. And we're back. So the first week of the Doble Hornada is almost upon us. Um, We're recording this on Monday evening. And by this time tomorrow, the first game uh, of the Doble Hornada will be over with. Uh, Cruz Azul is hosting Mazatlan at 3.45 p.m. local time. Uh, That'll be uh, nice and fun, I'm sure, uh, to, to attend. You were saying about Pumas with their noon uh, kickoff. I can only imagine three uh, forty-five in the afternoon is uh, less uh, pleasant uh, as far as sun and heat and all that yeah. kind of fun stuff goes. <laughs> not as bad, definitely not as bad. Particularly with 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 not having like daylight savings time, it gets dark here pretty early. So like three forty-five is pretty decent. That's true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I I guess you're right. I was kind of being sarcastic about it, but no, <laughs> that made. I was like, oh yeah, like three forty, because you know I'm thinking like, okay, three forty five, um, you know, during hot times is, you know, like it's the heat of the bad. day. <laughs> yeah, but no, like you know that makes sense. It's it's like getting dark kind of there. Okay, that's mm-hmm. uh, yep. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm well. Then I'm glad. Go go ahead, Cruz Azul. Um, I still think it's going to be <laughs> yeah, kind of. You do your thing. Yeah, I still think it's a little weird playing a four, you know, three forty-five, four o'clock game on a weekday. But you do you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like for like it's usually like, I don't know, what what time is like the sun setting? Like it's like like six ish, like six thirty ish. So yeah, like like quarter to four. It's it, it's 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 okay. It's like you still don't need like stadium lights or anything, which they're probably playing at the Noria by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's way better than noon. That's for sure. Yeah. 
And I'm just trying to look which, by, and... which, by the way, I'm still expecting Cruz Azul to play something at the Estadio Azul. I mean, I know I know we don't have the Azteca this season because, yeah, remodeling and, and going into like the World Cup for 2026 and stuff like that. But I mean, I really hope that doesn't mean that I, like America and Cruz Azul are going to play like the entire year at the club facilities. I'm really hoping they do something and get like at least like three stadium games like us a, a home team eventually. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe if they go, maybe if they go to the playoffs, they'll be able to play something there. Although, yeah. uh, who, who knows, man? Wishful thinking. Yeah. Yes, it probably yes. It's probably wishful thinking. Yeah, I know. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I just, I just pulled up what time the sunset is. Sunset at five o'clock here today. So, um, <laughs> so even earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, so that I think that I think that's actually going to be a decent game. I don't think either of these teams are are all that good right now. I think Cruz Azul is struggling with some stuff. I think Mazatlan, I mean, they're Mazatlan. Um, you know, I feel like they're always building and and trying to get better. But you know, I don't know. We'll we'll see mm-hmm. how they do. Um, so I think this could be a kind of entertaining game between two teams that are about on the same level. Um, then we've got. Toluca hosting Pumas. There's gonna be a lot of games uh, on on Wednesday and Thursday. We got three on Wednesday. Toluca hosting Pumas, Tigres hosting Santos, and Atlas hosting Leon. Um, what do you think about those games? Anything stand out to you for for any of those? Um, I actually like to see the Toluca Pumas game. I think that's probably the one I'm more eager to see. Um, I'd like to see Pumas just I don't know start to see a style with with their new coach and and Obviously, visiting Toluca, I mean, it's still an away game, but it's not like an away game. Like going to Juarez, Toluca is just like yeah. an hour away from Mexico City, so not too bad. Um, so yeah, I probably want to see that um, from those games, like on on Wednesday. Yeah, I, th- I you know, I, the the neutral in me says that should be a pretty good game. The Pumas fan <laughs> in me goes, "Oh man, we're going to Toluca. Toluca's really good." <laughs> This is not looking promising, especially after being taken apart by Tigres. Um, but we'll see, right? Like maybe it's just the the kind of uh, negative fan in me that's that's saying that. Um, I think Atlas and Leon. I think that has the potential to be a decent one. Um, Leon's mm-hmm. looked pretty good so far uh, this season. Atlas has always kind of been there. I think Atlas is another team that's rebuilding, but you know, unlike Monterrey and Pachuca, they're not as I don't know. I don't know how to say this without being mean, but Atlas isn't as good as Pachuca or Monterrey has been historically. So they're working with less to do a rebuild with. Um, yeah. But I, I think that that should be a good game. I'm really worried for this next one. Um, Tigres and Santos. Santos has struggled. Oh. I mean, they've they've yeah. got they've looked a little bit improved this season. I mean, they got the draw against Cruz Azul, but. Tigres is oh so strong. Oh my god, strong. that first game and against Tigres, Luka, that was just killer. And Tigres has a history of just beating up on Santos. And yeah. um I just I I fear for for Las Carreras on this one. It's not going to be pretty. So No. Um no, that's that's definitely um really difficult start of the season for for Carla Maya truth be told so yeah uh yeah patience patience i mean yeah that, that one, that's a difficult one yeah i mean you know i think a successful result for santos if i'm being honest would be um only losing by like five goals i mean humas is a 
they're a decent team. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to make the league year or not. They're decent. They got beat five to one. You know, if Santos can keep it something like that, I think that's a good result for them. You know, again, I hate talking about moral victories, but it is what it is. Like Santos just is just not at that yeah. level. Yeah. Uh, and few clubs in the world are, I mean, if we're just being honest. So, um, but uh, yeah, so Thursday's games, we got a, we got a good slate of games here. Uh, America is hosting Tijuana. Uh, Puebla is hosting Querétaro. Pachuca is hosting Juarez. Monterrey Ooh, is hosting Necaxa. And Chivas is hosting Atlético San Luis. I think all of those, except for maybe the Chivas San Luis games, are going to be really good. Not not that that one's going to be bad or anything. I just think the other four have real potential to mm-hmm. be just good games to to really watch and sink your teeth into. Yeah, I, I want to watch that, um, that Pachuca Juarez game, but also the America Cholos game seems to have tons of potential to be a really good yeah, game. Yeah, those two teams have a history against one another. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I just, I think that one's going to be a fun one. I'm interested to see Puebla and Querétaro too. Puebla's actually done pretty well for themselves this year. Going to Puebla's always a tough uh, ask for any team. And yeah. uh, Querétaro looks like they've kind of reverted back to not last season, but the season before. Um, I don't know if they're going to wind up being as ultra-defensive as that team was, but they're they're doing all right for themselves. They've got two draws on the season. So uh, I'm kind of interested to see how both of those teams perform. And then, like you said, Pachuca, Juarez, that's going to be a fun one. Those two teams are, are, are strong. I feel like both of them feel like they have something to prove. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that that always makes for for good viewing, and uh, Monterrey hosting uh, Necaxa, uh, which really ought to be interesting. You know, I think we're going to learn a lot about Necaxa from this, and probably about Monterrey <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think um, I was I was slightly distracted. Just I was looking at how old Maria Jose Lopez uh, Puebla's coach is. She's only thirty years old. I think she's probably the youngest coach in the league. You say 30, um, 30, 30. Wow. Okay. I know. I was actually, I actually, I was actually like starting to think about is like there, there might be a player that's older than her in her own squad, but um, I'll look into that later. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I was like, Oh wow. That's right. She came in from the U18 last season. And then I was like, Oh my God, she's only 30 years old. <laughs> um, we have to look into it. I think she's probably the youngest coach in the league. Um but yeah, like really interesting project for Puebla. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And regarding the Monterrey Necaxa game, ah, oh, we were just mentioning. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a huge hurdle for Necaxa, but it seems as though things could probably just be like their best. Like it's probably the best scenario for a Necaxa Monterrey um, so far for for Las Centellas, right? I mean. Um, any other season, it would be just like you were mentioning for Santos right now, like, oh, just d- don't lose for over like three goals or something. But now it seems as though, I mean, there, there's there's material there that could make you think that they could make Rayada struggle a lot more than we've ever seen them do. So hopefully that will be the case. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled it up. And at least um, from what I can tell, sh- uh, she is the youngest coach um, and it's not particularly close. I think the closest one that I see is uh, Oscar Fernandez for uh, Juarez at 36. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good for her. And um, but yeah, I think 
we're going to learn a lot about these teams, right? I think we're going to learn a lot about Monterrey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, are they going to take a team like Nakaxa seriously? Because I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm not sure America did, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so America kind of looked ill-prepared for, for Nakaxa. Nakaxa looked like they came to play. And um, I don't think you can just show up and beat Nakaxa uh, three to nothing anymore, no matter who you are, how good you are. Um, so we'll see if Monterey does their homework. Um, we're also going to kind of like we talked about, see if Nakaxa can handle the pressure of playing a team like Rayadas playing in Monterrey. Um, you know, that's, that's not going to be, uh, easy, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's going to be a real test for them. Uh, so you can learn a lot from those sorts of things. And, um, you know, the good thing about it is even if they lose and they lose, say, three to nothing, uh, they've got another game coming up at the end of the week. They can quickly lose focus on on that and go right back to the task at hand. Yeah, agreed. And then the uh, the final game of, of the week, like we were saying, was your Chivas against uh, San, Luis. San Luis. Yeah, just like an opportunity to just straighten things out and just go back on like the right path home game for Chivas. Um, just, just kind of shake off what happened last week uh, against Juarez and just, just try to remember, like go back to basics and, and just get, get the results that you should expect from this team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's, that shouldn't be taken as any disrespect toward San Luis. I think they're a decent enough squad, um, but I do think Chivas is a good squad i think they're you know i I expect them to make the ligia and go pretty far this season um and i think they're going to be kind of mad that they uh that they got pushed around like they did against suarez and are going to look to take it out on somebody (laughs) (laughs) so uh it it could get kind of ugly for for san luis um but we'll, we'll see i mean midweek games are always always kind of weird you always have the the potential for kind of upsets uh, for teams who may look to rest players, if they, especially if they've got a tough game coming up this weekend. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how, how the teams approach it, how they, how they go about it. But um, I kind of, ex- I kind of expect uh, Chivas to win that. I was just got done looking uh, at Puebla squad. It looks like there are no players older than the coach. It looks like Andrea, Gonzalez is about four months younger than <laughs> Maria Lopez. Uh, she's, we'll call that a tie. Yeah, you know, so um, uh, close enough, uh, which is which is always kind of uh, wild. But it, it's cool to see young coaches coming in and doing as well as she is. I mean, you know, yeah. Puebla's having a decent season. Of course, it's just two games, uh, but they're in 10th place. And I, I'm not sure if anybody... Um, would have picked them to be where they are after after two games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of knowing what we know about them and their history. Anything else about week three? Uh, any final thoughts before we move on? Um, no, I mean, it should be interesting. Kind of not used to having midweek coronadas quite as early at, like as this one. But yeah, yeah I mean, um, we'll be interesting to see how teams also do for the remainder of the season, right? Because I mean, physically, it's it's it will start to be a challenge. We've got uh, Gold Cup W coming up first for some of the national team players, so yeah, we'll we'll see how how the teams kind of manage all that all that schedule. Yeah, 
yeah, it'll be interesting. There are some good games. Um, and let's take a look at week four. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I haven't really looked at week four yet. <laughs> it's, it's Eugene, I too can't early. plan ahead. Like, yeah, it's... like I, I don't know what I'm doing on Wednesday. So. <laughs> I got, honestly, I got kind of caught by surprise. I was working on something last night and went, oh no, there's, there's a game on Tuesday. Uh, I need to, <laughs> yeah. I need to reschedule how I'm, how I'm doing things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, to, to, to sit here and say that I even looked at, at the games that are coming up this weekend uh, would be lying. Um, and I don't want to do that. So we're, we're going to go on this journey together. It looks like uh, the first games are going to be on Saturday. It looks like Leon is hosting Tigres and then I thought Masa that was a Friday, Milan. but yeah, you're right. It, it is Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Am I wrong now? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, fr- uh, Saturday. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Saturday. So we have a couple of ga- Yeah. So we have a couple of weeks on Saturday. I mean, a couple of games on Saturday. Saturday um, is going to yeah. be Leon uh, against Tigres and Mazatlan against Atlas. Um, what do you think about these games? Um. I'm kind of eager to see that Mazatlan Atlas game for some reason. It seems as though we could probably get like good conclusions from that game. I don't know why it's 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 weird though because we know, um, I mean I'm still not seeing lots of credibility from like Medina with Atlas, but I want to. Mm-hmm. So hopefully maybe being like the second season, players start understanding a bit more what what's expected of them, and then. Visiting Mazatlan, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a weird game. It's like 7 p.m. on a Saturday. So, um, yeah, kind of interesting to see what, what goes on with that game. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the other game too, Leon against Tigres. And I, something about this game says that it's going to be a lot closer than I think we might have thought if we just said, you know, give me a scoreline between Leon and Tigres, right? Like, I think it's going to, I still think Tigres is going to win. I just yeah. think it's going to be a lot closer. I think having that game that close uh, after you know both of those teams played in week three, um, the travel that's involved. I think it just uh, the the whole like set of circumstances is going to make this game a lot closer than I think we might be accustomed mm-hmm. to. Maybe not. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. I Tigres could come out and just blow the doors off of Leon and uh, <laughs> have it wrapped up after the first 15 minutes. Like who knows? But I don't know. I just look at this game and that's uh you know considering all of the circumstances around it, that's just kind of the the feeling that I'm getting about this one. Yeah, agreed. And then we have one, two, three, four, four games on wait, yeah, is it right? Yeah, four games yeah. on Sunday. Um, Cruz Azul facing Puebla. Ooh, that's a good one as well. Yeah, I think that's a uh, good three forty-five game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's on it's on a weekend. I feel like that would be better. Yeah, but yeah, I think huh. that's gonna be. I think that's gonna tell us a lot about both of those teams. Um, you know, Cruz Azul really needs to to get something uh, something going for them. Yeah, uh, you know, drawing Santos wasn't wasn't great, right? Like they. Of course, a draw on the road is is good, but you know it was against Santos, like who has not been good, very good. So um, they really need to kind of, if they're going to turn their season around, uh, make a statement. I, I could see them doing it at home against Puebla, but Puebla's been really good this year too. So I yeah, it's a good challenge for Puebla as well, just like visiting Cruz Azul. Um, yeah, I think that's a good one. And then that kind of overlaps with Querétaro Monterrey, which starts like 15 minutes later. Um, 
That's yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I also think Rayas could struggle. I mean, it all depends on how they do midweek. That's the thing with, with like doble jornadas is that it, I mean, you could lose players to do the injury midweek or just have like, card. Know, any kind of circumstance. Yeah, red card or something. So it's always like, I don't know, it's like a like a coin toss for, for like the second part of like the doble jornadas. Yeah. Yeah. And Queretaro, yeah. they've, I like, I kind of like the setup they have going there at home. It seems like it's it's kind of a tough place to play um, mm -hmm. in that stadium there. It's not the, the the same one that the men's team plays in. It's like a municipal stadium. It's got like that really cool artwork, um, you know, facing the cameras and stuff. Uh, but I feel like Queretaro's done well to make that like their women's team home. And they seem like they're pretty well supported there. Um, I think Monterey will be kind of a good draw for them too. So see that this should be an interesting game uh that's going to be followed by chivas hosting toluca that'll be a good one that's a really good that's one it's going to well. be a really good one toluca's been hot chivas has struggled but they're still chivas right like that's yeah. that's going to be a good game i think and um, a good thing for chivas is they actually have both games this week at home so they don't have to travel at all so yeah. that's also like the huge advantage just not having to worry about that yeah, that's going to help them immensely. But then they do have two mm. games back to back on the road, um, you know. So, yeah, you know, do you do you it take that now? It, yeah. yeah, do you take that now and then get the two games, or would you rather uh, have? I one mean, I, I like it this way because it's it's it, since it's a midweek game, you have both of them, and then even if you have like two away games, they're like a week apart, so it's not that's too true. bad, I guess. So yeah. yeah. That's true. You're not hopping on a plane and then staying in a hotel room and then hopping on another plane and staying on a, in a mm -hmm. hotel room all in the, the span of a week, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the final game that day is going to be Tijuana hosting San Luis. Um, you know, I think barring anything unforeseen in the games that those teams will be playing before they face off against one another, it should be a pretty good good game but i think tijuana is going to be just much too much for san luis yeah agreed. i i think yeah Cholos will edge out san luis for that one yeah i mean san luis has to travel all the way up to, to tijuana and uh play there um that's that's not going to be easy for them um so mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens you know like we said midweek games always cause chaos for the games uh that following weekend so uh, we'll and see. then on Monday, um, I was just looking and, and I kind of hate it when, when games overlap, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. games I, I really want to see. Um, we have Necaxa versus Pachuca, which also, I mean, I'll I'll just like like a, put a pin on that one just because it depends on what happens midweek. But then right after that, we have Santos versus America, which by the way, that was that's like terrible like luck for Santos. They face uh, <laughs> Tigres like the same week as America. Uh, um oh my god that's just oh that's terrible luck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then at the same time Pumas faces Juarez um, which is one which that's a good one and that's at 7 p.m at the Universitario so that's one yeah. of those weird games that won't be at noon so that's that's pretty cool to see Pumas but um yeah it's kind of difficult because both teams both both games are at the same time they're at 7 p.m local time so uh, uh, we'll, we'll just have to like like zap like channels really quickly <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of eager to see that Pumas Pumas Juarez game. I mean, I feel for Santos though, but I, I probably like look more into Pumas versus Juarez just because, um, it's a home game for Pumas, different time, uh, Juarez as an away game, but coming into, you know, like the height of Mexico city is also challenging, but 
Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good one. So again, also depending on how they come in for from that midweek game. Um, I was, I, okay, so Juarez faces Pachuca on when, wait, when's the 18th? On Wednesday. No, that's on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm guessing they're going to stay like in the area because they face Pumas then. I, I don't think they'll go back to Juarez, I which would. is also a, like a good thing. You just like stay like in like the metropolitan area of Mexico City and then you don't yeah. have to travel back and forth. Yeah, I'm I would imagine they, I would imagine they wouldn't try and go all the way back to Juarez for uh, like what, like a like, day? Yeah, day, like and, a day a half, and a half or and something. Then they'd, yeah. they'd have to hop back on a plane and, and come mm-hmm. back. And no, I feel like they, they're going to probably stay local or semi-local and, yeah. and just kind of set up camp there uh, yeah. you know, and play their yeah, game they, and they, then head home. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to come into Mexico City and just like play or, I mean, have practice. Like uh, Cruz Azul has some other club facilities that sometimes they like they lend other other teams. Um, I think some teams have even practiced at Guapa at some point from from America. So yeah, I'm guessing they're just gonna stay here. Um, play on on Thursday, Pachuca probably travel to Mexico City on Friday, uh, practice Saturday and Sunday, and then play on Monday against Bumas or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's that sounds that sounds about right. It'll yeah. be it'll be really interesting to see how the players kind of cope. Um, you know, being mm-hmm. away from home and and that kind of stuff for for an extended period of time like that isn't something that they're uh, used to i'm assuming for for a lot of them um you know for those that don't have that don't like travel with like national team or something it's usually um you leave the day before uh to go Mm -hmm. to an away game uh you stay the, the night you play the game and then you head back either that night or the following morning you know so you're not gone from home for that long you're going for a couple days uh max um, so for a team to be on the road for for an entire week, that's 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 different. And you know, athletes are creatures of habit; they like to have routines. Um, so if you throw a wrench into that routine, even if it's uh, throwing a wrench into your uh, travel routine, uh, that can that can kind of affect them. So we'll we'll have to see how mm-hmm. they kind of adjust to that and cope. Um, the good news is, I think a lot of them have like international experience. You know, we're, we're talking about. Jasmine Casares, who's played with the Mexico national team. Janelle Farias, who's played with the national team. Ma- uh, Mascherelia, has she played with the national team? I don't remember. Oh, my God, Renata. I'd like to say that she's been called up, but I can't remember her playing. Yeah, but I think I think um, she's been called up. So she's, you know, yeah. she's done the whole travel bit. I think Yuki Watari's done that. Prisca Chalufia and, um, uh, you know, some of the other players there, they're, they're they have national team experience. They're used to being on the road. So they'll, they'll have that to kind of fall back on. Uh, some of the other players won't necessarily have that. So it'll be interesting to see how they all kind of um, adjust to that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting week overall. I mean, just looking at like, yeah, some of the teams have, um, will have a really hard time with, with this Zola Jornada. Others kind of could take advantage of it and just get it out of the way for some, like against some of the teams and, yeah, like overall, see how players do with 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 tons of activity just starting off the season. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said earlier, it's not often we get a double hornada this early in the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how this kind of affects teams uh, down the line. Um, you know, and I, we'll 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 see how that all plays out. Um, any any final thoughts on this? Any final thoughts on anything? 
Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's Monday and I already know what I'm going to do probably until next Monday, which is so rare <laughs> and weird. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to get like, just like, kind of like put turbo or like on the, on the feminine, uh, uh, season. It's just like, just adding way more intensity really quickly to all the players and all the club activity. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh seems like this season is going by really fast. I mean, we're mm-hmm. already talking about week four uh, and we're not even. Ha- we're, no, I take it back. We are halfway through January um, as of right now. So that's kind of a weird dynamic, but it's it's good. Uh, you know, keep the keep the games coming. Uh, keep the discourse coming. It's been fun interacting with with uh, all of our listeners uh, talking about the games um, you know, so thank you to everybody who's reached out to us and, and, you know, interacts with us. Can't thank you enough. Um, you know, definitely keep up with, with us, uh, keep up with the content, keep up with the hashtag Liga MX F-E-M-E-N-G, uh, because at the end of the day, it is indeed our football. Thank you all so very much. And we'll see you next time.